0: everybody. Welcome to the Daydon Tolbert Show. I am your host, Daydon Tolbert. This is Keeping It Real Fridays. Um, I wanted to talk a little bit today about, uh, well, several things, but uh, there's a big movie coming out. Um, It's entitled Birth of a Nation, uh, directed and and written by Nate Parker, who has been, uh, you know, going through a lot of uh, scrutiny, you know, over the last several months in the media you know, and mainly because of, uh, you know, his his rape charge from, you know, several years ago. And, you know, I wanted to talk about not so much the rape, because I don't even want to, you know, or, or accusation of rape. I don't want to give fuel to that fire, because I acknowledge it's a, you know, a, a ploy, a very common ploy used by the media to distract from issues that um, should really be, uh, you know, looked at and taken seriously. But I want to talk about To be quite honest with you, I really don't even want to talk about the movie itself because I haven't seen it because it came out today. I plan on seeing it this weekend, Um, you know, like I do. And, you know, I'll come back and talk about it and give you guys my thoughts. But what what I would like to really talk about today in regards to the movie is the, you know, our community, you know, and where we, I believe, where we fall short as far as supporting these types of movies. You know whether it's Red Tails, Ray, Ali, you know, um, you know. There's, I mean, the, the list goes on and on. Just so many different films that don't really do well uh, commercially because we, you know, historically as a people, don't support you know movies that aren't you know uh, comedies or in some ways showing us in a buffoonish light you know, I think that's a a major issue. So in a little bit I want to talk about uh, Breath of a Nation. I want to, you know, give a little bit more insight uh, into that. I want to thank everybody for, you know, tuning in today, you know, and, um, you know, the last few weeks. You know, I've been doing things a little bit differently with this show lately. If you guys haven't noticed, I haven't been airing a nighttime show at 9 o'clock. The times, you know, that I've been live, I've been doing it live, you know, at the the lunch hour time, like I'm doing today. And then, um, just kind of rebroadcasting, or I should say reposting the links for some of the, uh, the archive shows, which I, I appreciate you guys. I see you guys have still been listening to them. So I appreciate that. So just, just, I'm not sure exactly. I'm kind of figuring some things out. Um, so stay tuned. I'll keep you posted about, you know, how I'm going to be doing things in the future, but you know, follow me on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and all that for, uh, you know, for updates. A couple, uh, the last live show that I did was the uh, presidential uh, debate uh, recap special, you know, where where I discussed Hillary Clinton and I discussed uh, Donald Trump. And, you know, I got to be honest with you guys, I'm all electioned out, you know what I mean? Like, although I do want to talk a little bit today about the vice presidential um, debate. um, But this whole election you know, season, I've been, if you guys have been following, you know, I've been talking about the election for almost a year now, you know, going back to the the primaries, you know, talking about the, the, the Republican debates, you know, every time they had one of those, the Democratic primary debates. And so, um, you know, I'll, I'll still talk about it, you know, up until this, up until the election. But, um, one of the things that I did want to say, you know, as far as the uh, VP debate goes is, uh, you know, um, if you guys have you know watched it, hopefully you did so you kind of know what's going on. I, I enjoyed it thoroughly, actually. You know, I enjoyed it. Um, I thought Mike Pence did a great job. I thought that Tim Kaine, I'm not a fan of uh, Tim Kaine, but I will say that um, he, he answered a lot of questions um, that I'm used to hearing Hillary Clinton avoid you know, blatantly and drastically just avoid. There there was a lot more substance on both sides in this VP uh, debate than I've seen from presidential uh, debate uh, this this election season. So from that perspective, I appreciated. it. I thought there was a lot of, um, you know, Tim Kaine I saw cutting, you know, cutting and interrupting Mike Pence off. He was more like the aggressor throughout the whole thing. Um, I thought that. You know, I, I, from what I've seen, I like Mike Pence. You know, I like what he had to say. Um, there was, you know, I like the fact that he was speaking about his religious uh, beliefs and and allowing those to kind of shape his, uh, you know, his political platform. Which is, which is one of the things I just want to say, real quick, before you know, before I get into it. You know, I've been talking about this election a lot, and you know, I see a lot of stuff on social media. And it's amazing that, you know, a lot of the people, most of the people, they're not even factoring in the, the the spiritual side of things, the the religious side of things. It's just like, you know, Trump is a racist, Trump is a racist, Trump, but it's like there's not even any consideration to what, will, what kinds of things will come about if Hillary Clinton is elected, if, you know, this liberal agenda is allowed to move forward and you know it's it's really important you know it's really important because we're we're you know we're talking about things like abortion like you know homosexuality and all that stuff you know it's it's only going to be pushed further if we have another democratic president there's gonna be a lot of um additional changes and so hopefully everyone is aware of that and not just looking at this election from a popularity standpoint you know um and so, you know, it's it's important to think about. It. And so I appreciated uh, that piece of the debate, you know, them actually discussing, you know, hey, look, you know, as a Christian, you know, this is what I believe. And I'll be honest with you guys, that's one of the reasons why I voted for Barack Obama the first time around, because I remember a debate when he was, or excuse me, it was an interview uh, where he was running for president in the beginning, and his first time, and they asked him specifically, you know, how do you feel about same-sex marriage? And, you know, that that was his whole thing. You know, it was, you know, as a Christian, I believe that marriage is a, you know, is a sacred union between a man and a woman, you know. And so he said he would not support any legislation that, um, you know, that supported same-sex marriages. I mean, these are things that he said, you know. And then, you you know, you fast-forward. Four years later, less than four years later, his whole tune had 100% changed. And it's just like, wow. You know, and so that was one of the things that really kind of opened my eyes, you know, to how things are in this country and, and, and where things are going in this country. I mean, you know, there was a time I remember not so long ago that political flip-flopping of any kind was like a cer- certainly of that nature was was career suicide, you know, whereas now it's, you know, it's it's commonplace. You know, you re- routinely see people. You know, I'm talking about major issues. I'm not talking about like little stuff. I'm talking about like major issues that your whole platform is based off. Now you're like in the you know, the opposite. And it's just like whoa, but uh, you know, it is what it is. Uh, so what else is going on the, around the world, guys? The VP, you know, the VP debate was cool. You know, you know, one thing I I found interesting was that the uh, it was it fell on the same night as the uh, as the BET Hip Hop Awards. And, uh, you know, shout out to everyone who, who watched the BET Hip Hop Awards. And I'll say this, I don't have a problem with the BET Hip Hop Awards. I don't, you know, believe it or not. Um, for me, the BET Hip Hop Awards is the same as anything else. It's like, you know, the world, it's it's of the world, you know. And, it's and you know, if you, cause I, and I can't judge people who watch the BET Hip Hop Awards because there are things of the world that I watch, you know what I'm saying? It may not be that. It may be that, you know what I'm saying? It may be other things. So I'm not here to. Judge anyone or look at anyone. Oh, you watch it, but it's like my whole thing is, you know, if like I said, it's, it is what it is. You watch it, you watch it. We're all grown, but my thing is, you have people who claim to be so passionate about this whole cool season, this election, these debates, these candidates, and it's like when you mention Donald Trump or you mention Clinton, it's like you get so hyped. But I was like, yeah, so okay, cool. What, what did you think about? Mike Pence. Like, what do you think about his views? And you know, well, I don't know anything about Mike Pence. I just don't like Donald Trump. I'm like, what? Well, okay, cool. So you, you're, you're voting for Hillary. Yeah, I'm voting for Hillary Clinton. Okay, cool. What do you think about Tim Kaine? Like, what kind of guy do you think he is? You know, wh- how do you feel about his views? Well, I don't know anything about Tim Kaine. I'm just, you know, I mean, I just don't want Donald Trump to win. I, you know, what I'm saying I was, I wasn't even watching. I was watching the beat. Yeah, I. I'm like, what? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, what is that? How do you, you know, what I'm saying how do you claim to support someone, but but know nothing about the person who they have chosen to be on the ticket, the person who will actually be the president of the United States if something happens to uh, to the president? And so that's my whole thing. You know, don't don't complain, don't be hyped, don't get passionate about stuff if you're if you don't care enough. To even watch the debates that are that should be shaping, you know your your views of these candidates. Because I'll be honest with you, you learn. And this is the funniest thing about it. You learn more from Hillary, more about Hillary Clinton. You know what I'm saying? And, I, and really, you learned a lot more about Donald Trump by watching the VP debate than you did even watching the presidential debate. Because all they do is dodge the issues. They spoon-feed them these questions, and they just talk and talk and talk and change the subject, whereas the the VP debate was they were getting it in all night. Like, they were really, if you watched it, you know They were really debating some major issues with with substance. You know what I'm saying? I I, I could appreciate that. What else is going on around the world, guys? A lot of things going on. You know, we got got killer clowns out here, man. You know, killer clowns. They said that uh, I've been watching these. You know news reports, watching the news, social media, and at first it was you know some type of hoax. They were saying it was a hoax. They were threatening people who were, you know, you know, or people who were dressed as clowns were threatening, you know, the school districts of Philadelphia, uh, some other school districts around the country, saying that we're coming for your kids and we're gonna and you know, we're shooting and we're stabbing, just like you know stupid stuff. And you know I don't know if any of this is actually real. I did hear a report of someone being shot, a clown being shot in the head. I read something else about someone being, uh, you know, someone being stabbed by a clown. And it's like, I don't know if i you know, if these things are true or not. You know, I can tell you this though, you know, I will be carrying my gun, you know what I'm saying? You know, with me, uh, you know what I mean? Especially, uh you know, in in going to the schools and things like that, just, just for protection. But that's just an everyday thing for me. But one thing that I will say is that I want everyone to just be careful. I want everyone to be aware of what's going on. My mom used to tell me, be aware of your surroundings. And most importantly, you know, continue to pray, you know, continue to pray for our children. Because the reality is, is that, you know, there is a, a satanic attack a spiritual attack, you know, on, on these, uh, on our children, not only on the children, but on the family. You know, if you look at the, our, our youth, you look at, you know, Mike Brown, you look at Trayvon Martin, you know, you look at these, these you know, uh, Tamir Rice, you look at these young people and I'm not, you know, I've talked about the cases I've talked about, you know, I've talked about that stuff from a legal perspective before but I'm saying right now, you really got to go outside of that, forget right or wrong, forget, you know, are they justified or not? Forget all that. We got to just focus on the fact that lives are being lost. We got to focus on the fact that the enemy is attacking our our, our youth. You know what I'm saying? Just from a, a, a general standpoint, a spiritual standpoint, he's attacking our, our kids, you know, whether it's these kids out here in the streets being shot, whether it's the, the, the rise of gangs, gang initiations, um, killer clowns, you know, running around masks on, makeup on, crazy stuff, you know, homosexuality attacking these youth. You know, I'm seeing more and more flamboyant kids out here. It's just, you know, kids dyeing their hairs, pants falling down, butt cheeks hanging out. You know, it's, it's skinny jeans. You used to never see this stuff, um, you know, growing up. You would never see anything remotely close to this, and it's it's absolutely disgusting. And so from from so many different perspectives, we have to continue to keep our kids, you know, in prayer, And, um, yeah, and just be, and be parents. You know, one of the things I'll say about these kids is that, you know, you talk about, you know, you hear people talk. In fact, I I talked about on, on, on my last live show in great detail. Hope you guys checked it out. Uh, the stop and frisk, you know, the stop and frisk program, you know, where, um, you know, cops are targeting suspicious individuals, not necessarily black individuals, but suspicious individuals. And, uh, you know, they're patting them down, making sure they don't have any illegal guns and drugs on Well, my whole thing is, my thing is this. You know, if we go out here, like, see, when I grew up, you know, and many of you grew up, we we had the rule of when it gets dark, you know what I'm saying? When the lights came on, you were in the house. You know, when I was went to school, my parents either dropped me off, you know or or what or whatever you know there might be times my parents rode the bus with me to make to ensure that I had a a safe route to and from school they didn't necessarily take that route with me every day but they made sure like okay this is the bus you catch this is where you walk or whatever However I was getting to school if they didn't drive me themselves you know what i'm saying and and you know the, those are the mo- the most important times i remember growing up i mean we used to do role plays to to you know, to make sure that they were comfortable about us knowing how to interact with if we were confronted with gangs, you know, or, or people offering drugs or trying to sell drugs, different things, and you know, and so these were things that my parents took an active role in, you know. Whereas now, all the things I just named, you really don't see a lot of. You got kids wandering around the school, wandering around aimlessly, hanging out on the corners, going into these corner stores buying stuff they shouldn't be buying, um, you know, acting a fool. You know, you got people coming in, you know, wandering the streets late at night. I was out last night, it was already just dark earlier. It, was dark it was like 8, 9 o'clock. Shoot, it was like 7, 8 o'clock. But regardless, it was dark out. You see little kids walking around. I'm like, what, what the heck? I said, the lights has been on. You see know what I'm saying? The street light's been on, so what are you doing still out? Where are you Like, my question, I mean, think about it. I really think about this for a second. Because you, you, well, we all see it. We all see it out there. What kind of parent, like if that's how we were brought up, where, what happened, what happened? You know what I'm saying? Like what happened to the parents who actually had these rules of you will be in by the time the stoplights, the streetlights come on? You know what I'm saying? When did that start being okay? You know, and, you know, and that's what we have to start uh, looking at, you know, as far as ourselves. We can't blame the system. You know, it, it, And to be honest with you, these kids are walking around at night and they get stopped and frisked, these kids are walking around at night, you know, they get into some trouble. Is that, you know, whose fault is that? You know what I'm saying? Like, who's, whose fault is that? You know, is that I, I'd like to think, I believe we have to look at the parents first. They shouldn't be out that late at night. Yeah, some of this stuff is tragic, but it's like, you know what I'm saying? Where are the parents? Why, You know, why did Tamir Rice have a toy gun in the park pointing at people, acting like he was shooting them? Why was Trayvon Moore walking around high on lean at nighttime? You know what I'm saying? like, You know what I'm saying? Like, wh- wh- where were the parents when this stuff was going on? You know, and that's what we've got to start looking at. You know, it's not to, to not to excuse... Any of the behaviors of these other people involved in these situations, but at the, but we cannot overlook and ignore the role of parenting or you know lack thereof so and you know and that will always be an unpopular view to take. I get that that'll always be unpopular it would never be politically or socially correct to talk about to you know to look in the mirror first before you know pointing the finger at the police or you know, overzealous community watch people, you know what I'm saying? You know, but I believe it needs to be, you know, I will always take responsibility first, you know what I'm saying? If you see some some a problem, my kids out there, you know, you look at me first, you know, and that's, that's, that's just what we have to do as men, you know what I'm saying? I'm not even talking about the mothers. I'm talking about really as fathers, as men. No, we have to take responsibility for our families. We have to take responsibility for our children, period. No pointing a finger, period. You know? What else is going on out here? As a matter of fact, matter of fact I, you know, I posted this over in the group, you know, and I, I like to be real, which I told you last week, I'm, I'm going to do a video one of these days when I'm driving through the hood. I might do it today because I got to go down to the hood today. I think, yo, I might do it today, for real, for real. But, uh, yo, it, it's really crazy out here in these hoods. It's really crazy. I see the most crazy things ever out here in these hoods. You know what I mean? Like you got you got you know drug dealers, gangsters, wanna fake wanna be gangsters, drug kingpins. You know, you know it's crazy, man. You know, and you got people standing on the corner. I took a snapshot of this one guy. You know, he just posted up. And I walked by. Him, I said, "What's up?" 'Cause I was going into the breakfast breakfast spot where I go to. You know what I mean? Hey, what's up, man? You know, he just—you kind of saw him. Just had that look, like looking around, kind of. I'm not gonna say nervous, but just very aware of his surroundings. I mean, you know, every, we all know and if you don't know, I don't, you know, I don't know what to tell you. But we should all know a drug dealer when we see one. In fact, that's one of the things that I was trained to do as as a uh, as a child. You know, because like my fa- my father is from the streets. He's, you know, these see that's the problem, people are not being trained the right way. These kids are not being trained. They're not being brought up to recognize certain things, you know? And it's like, so it's like if we can recognize certain things, like I told y'all before, I told you thing I talked about this on my last show, you know the cops are trained to look for this stuff. If I can spot a drug dealer, you know a cop can spot a drug dealer. So we got to start, one, not being drug dealers, and two, you know, being aware of our surroundings. But, yeah, I took a, took a little snapshot, and, you know, I, you know you can see the balls. You can see a little a gun. These guys walk around with T-shirts on. You can It's kind of hard to hide a gun when you when you just got a T-shirt on, you know. And you know, you see you see the you see the gun, you see the three hundred dollar Jordans on. Stand. On. I mean, it's like, come on. You know what I mean? We we could all come up with our own stories of, oh well, maybe he does this. Man. But you know, no one's stupid. And so that's all I'm saying, man. You, you know. But, you know, so when you see someone like that get patted down, like if I was a cop, I would have patted him down. You know what I'm saying? Like, yo, you, you look suspicious. Yo, come here, my man. Let me see some ID. Hands on the wall. Let me, let me pat you down real quick. Where's the guns at? Where's the drug? Oh, here it is. You know what I'm saying? I would have patted him down. And I'm not even a cop. And I'm not a racist. But, I you know, I know what it is. You know what I mean? So I believe, and that would have been one more drug dealer off the streets put in jail because, as I said, he he had you know some type of weapon on him. I could see it myself. So, you know, that's that's the type of stuff. Like I just want to keep it real because let Donald Trump say what everything I just said. Let Bill O'Reilly say what I just said, and it's oh my gosh, these guys are racist. But I'm just keeping it real with you. I know what it is. I'm about to drive to the hood later on and show you what it is. You know, check out the page. As a matter of fact, don't check out my page. Check out the friends of the on Tolbert Show group. You know, a lot of this stuff is friends, friends exclusive. You know what I mean? So add yourselves in there if you're not in there already. Uh, what else is going on out here, man? But, yeah, man, drug dealers running around, killer clowns running around, TV shows, you know, targeting these kids. Now, this is spiritual warfare, guys. One of the things I said online uh, last week, actually I said that uh it's sad it's sad that the vast majority of the country is feeding into the government's agenda of dividing the country up black versus white. I said all the while, distracting people from the real battle that plagues the the world, which is the battle of good versus evil. You know, it's like, it's amazing. You turn your TV, you go on social media. I mean, you don't see any of this stuff. You don't see anyone talking. I mean, you know, I don't even go to church and and hear this stuff. You know, you don't hear pastors preaching about uh, spiritual warfare. You don't hear pastors really preaching about, you know, uh, demonic and satanic imagery that is literally being flooded into uh, the, the, you know, the the school systems, the television shows, movies. Commercials, you know any any form of media, you see it, and it's just like, whoa, where's all the, where's the conversation about this stuff, you know, and you know, and the react. Somebody asked me, you know, we were talking about politics online. Somebody asked me, said, well, all right, they're not saying all this stuff. You, you know, you don't like Hillary Clinton, you don't like Obama. Well, what's your solution to this? What's your what's your solution? What do, what do you say we should do? I said, one, well, you, you may want to. You may want to tune into my show. I said, you know, check out my talk show. I do a show where I discuss these issues, you know, pretty much every day. And, um, you know, but for those, you know, obviously what she, you know, hadn't heard, um, and maybe you guys haven't heard before, but, you know, what's my solution? You know, do I support Hillary Clinton? No, absolutely not. Am I a fan of Barack Obama? No. Um, Am I very disappointed at the direction this country is going? You know, absolutely, but I'm not surprised. So what's my solution? And I'll, this is nothing new. I, I say this every show. But because I was asked today, actually, you know, what's my solution? This is my solution. My solution, you know, or my proposal, it's not even a solution. It's it's only it's what we all, it's all we can ever do. What we can do is trust God. Okay? And I know that may seem like, you know, that may seem cliche. I know that may seem... Like a blanket statement, or you know, not a real answer, or a, a deflection, you know. But it's it's not actually it's it's actually the epitome of what needs to be done, because when you trust God with your life, right? Then you're not going to be concerned. Or I shouldn't say you're not going to be concerned, but you're not going to be worried. You know, you're not going to be, you're not going to be overly stressed out about who wins the election, Hillary Clinton, or or Donald Trump, because contrary to popular belief, it really doesn't matter. There's an agenda that's going to be pushed forward no matter what happens, no matter who's president. B is going to be. We're already in revelations, so you can't change revelations. You know what I mean? You think, people? it's funny, people act like revelations is going to be changed depending on who's, who's president or not. You know what I mean? Guess what? Donald Trump wins. You're still in Revelation. Donald Trump I mean, Hillary Clinton went, we're still in the book of Revelations. You know, the end of the world is, you know, coming. Jesus is still coming back. Things are only going to still get worse. You know what I mean? Satan is coming, is going to rule the earth. You know what I mean? Like, that's what is already going to happen. You know, those who love God will be taken to heaven. There will be hell here on earth. That's not, no matter what happens, you know, that is, you know, where we're going. That's why I said all we can do is trust God and, and help as many other people, you know, develop a relationship with God and a spiritual connection because, you know, it it is what it is. it is what it is. It's going to be what it's going to be. You know, you turn on these TV shows, they got all types of images attacking our kids, brainwashing our kids. These, these songs are all about sex and drugs and murder and you know, corruption, gangs. You know, and it's, uh, you know, it's, it's unfortunate, but yeah, man, you just got to trust them. And, and I think, I feel like when you live your life, you know, according to the Bible, you know, or, you know, and do, and, and do that as best you can. Cause you know, we all fall short. You know what I mean? I, I do, everyone does, you know what I'm saying? But when that's the, the foundation, then you're really going to have a certain level of peace. You know, you're going to, you're going to, you're not going to support certain things when you trust God. You're not going to actively champion for certain things like homosexuality and abortion and you know, all this other stuff that people are so hype about, you know, when when God is an active participant in your life. You know what I'm saying? So going on, man. A lot of things going on in the world regarding race relations. You know, um, Ramsey Orta. A lot of people may say, who's Ramsey Orta? Ramsey was the person, the man who filmed the Eric Garner murder. You know, his death, I should say his death because I can't, you know, you can't say murder if someone was not, you know, legally, legally speaking, was not convicted, you know, of a, of, of a, a murder, you know, actual murder in, in a court of law. Um, but the person who filmed Eric Garner's death was sentenced to four years in jail. Now, I just posted the the I saw you know, I saw the article. I was like, "Wow, okay, that's interesting," you know. But I posted it, and you know, I should have known. I should have known. But you know, when people saw it, and this is what I wasn't the only person who posted. I saw it you know, on a number of different pages, and there were all types of debates and all types of conversations about comments about how this. How racist this world is I'm like you know how how backwards it is you say you know you got people who are dying out here in these streets and you know and the cops aren't being punished but someone videotapes Eric Garner's death and you know and, and he has to go to jail for four years I said well I said so okay correct me if I'm wrong but shouldn't someone who's found First of all, someone who has a history of crime, you know, a history of crime, and then someone who is also found, you know, with guns and drugs on their possession, planted it, or this was a case of mistaken identity. No, this person was actually found with guns, illegal guns and drugs. You know what I'm saying? And, And he... Has to go to jail for four years, which, if you know anything about the legal system, that's actually a fairly lenient sentence because I know here in philly over in Jersey, you get found with a gun it's a mandatory five year sentence for just the gun, so you get found with a gun and drugs, you know potentially you could be going up to ten to fifteen years if not you know if not longer. a lot of people do. So this person was sentenced to four years in jail for for having guns and illegal drugs, and people are complaining? That's just like, yo, whoop. Now, like, now, like I said, maybe it's just me. Maybe it's just because I'm not lumping everything together. Like, if I see someone with illegal guns and drugs, I, for, maybe it's just me. I'm not going to link that to George Zimmerman. I'm not going to link that to the Freddie Gray situation because I mean, it has nothing to do with it. You know what I mean? Crime is crime. You know what I'm saying? And it's like, you know, we only have one legal system. Now, I'm all for acknowledging that our legal system is, is extremely flawed. Absolutely. You know what I'm saying? And, and I am and one of those people. I feel like it does need to be looked at and, and laws need to be put in place to have a little bit more um, reciprocity. You know what I'm saying? It's not, you know what I'm saying, things don't go, they're not equal. A white person can commit a crime, you know, a black person commit the same crime and they throw the black man under the bus, under the jail, and the white guy gets off or gets probation. Now, obviously, that's not how it should be. You know, but at the same time, we can't ignore the crime on our own streets. We have people who are more passionate about racism than they are the criminals walking on their own freaking corners. And maybe I'm just, it's just, you know, I'm a different type of person, but I'm more passionate about getting our criminals off the streets. Because like I said, I don't, like, I, I'm, I'm worried about it. Let me tell you something. This word, I told you before. This world is going to be what it's going to be. I don't live out in the suburbs. You know, maybe I will one day. I don't live in a horrible part of the, you know, the city of Philadelphia. But, you know, at the same time, I don't live out surrounded by white folk and white picket fences. That's not where I live. That's not where I work. That's not what I do. I, I'm in the hood. I see a lot of this stuff on a day-to-day basis. So I'm all about protecting, you know, my family and living the best life that I can for myself and for and for my family. You know what I mean? Like, that, that's what I'm most passionate about. So kind of be more passionate about a police officer, a white cop harassing, you know, somebody, you know what I'm saying, M- more so than I am a drug dealer or a murderer that I may see every day or, you know what I mean, that I see on a regular basis or those these types of people that I see on a regular basis, I don't get pulled over by the cop every day. You know, I don't, I don't, I've never been beaten by a cop. You know what I'm saying? Not to say that doesn't happen to other people, but I'm saying as far as what I'm passionate about, you know, if I got to, if I'm dropping my daughter off to school, you know, a black man was just recently shot in the head while he was dropping his daughter off to school or picking his daughter up from school. He was shot in the head because he was caught in a in gang uh, a gang related shootout that he had nothing to do with. So that's what I'm most passionate about. You know, and I feel like I don't see if, especially if you are in the community in the hood, you're lying to yourself. You're you, you know you're lying to yourself if you feel like racist police officers are more of a threat than than gangs are, the gang violence or everyday drug dealers or just regular everyday criminals are. That's just not reality if if you live in the hood. And I don't care who you are. That's that is your reality if you are in the black community in the hood. Unless you're you become so desensitized that you live out in the suburbs, in the woods somewhere, God bless you. Then that may not then you know, maybe getting pulled over by the white cops might be more of your reality. But if you're in the hood black criminals are your biggest threat right now. That's a fact. No matter how racist that may sound, if, if Donald Trump said it or Bill O'Reilly said it, I'm telling you right now, that is a fact. All right? And that's what we need to start doing is fighting our own crime because we can't rely on these cops because that's where we see people bringing racism into it. I mean, think about it real quick. Let me just, what's the last thing I want to say about it. I just thought about this. Just think about it. You see how passionate I am about these criminals. I can't stand niggas. I'm not talking about black people, positive black. I'm talking about niggas. You guys all know what niggas are. Hopefully you Niggas, ignorant individuals, you know, people who just look ignorant and are are ignorant and are just looking for opportunities to, to hustle and come up and do crimes and rob, kill, steal, niggas. I can't stand them. And I see them every day, like roaches. On your life, just roaches, just scattering around. You know what I'm saying? And if if I can't stand them and have that level of passion, you know, uh, towards them, can you? And I'm black. Imagine the level of hatred that some of these actual, actual racist cops have. You guys see what I'm saying to you? If you guys like hate them like me, you can only imagine. We're black. These are our people. You know, I shouldn't say there are people. They're they're black. They definitely ain't my people acting like that. Imagine how racist these cops are and the thing that they will, that racism and hatred will will cause them to do. Now, that's not justifying it, but it's just explaining it like, yo, we got to police ourselves because at least we could say, grip them up and be like, yo, get your pants up. You know, get, get your ass off the corner. We could at least do that. The cops will shoot them. You see them the cops, will just shoot them, based on hatred. So it's not about right or wrong. It's about yo. Do you do you want to deal with them, or do you want the cops to deal with? Them? Because if you deal with them, at least the co- at least they may they may not end up dead. You know, we can have a, give them a stern talking to. Hopefully, put them in the right direction. But the cops are taking that same level of, level of anger that I have. But they'll just put a bullet in them, which is unfortunate. You know. I could see, I could, you know, who knows? Who knows? Maybe if I was in that park that day, I might have slapped Tamir Rice upside his head, to be quite honest with you. Like, yo, man, what you doing? You, what are you pointing a gun at, man? You crazy? What the hell's wrong with you? Well, I don't know if y'all saw the video. He said that, bang, 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 pointing a gun at people, bang, bang, acting like you shoot up people. I might have smacked him upside his head myself. Like, what are you, stupid? Put that gun away, man. You dumb. Where your parents at, man? Get, get back in the house. That's what I would have said to him. Shoot, I might have pointed my gun at him. If he pointed a gun at me, I might have pulled my gun. At him. Whoa, whoa, what you doing? You know, that's just being real. Cops are all up. They're not asking no questions. Pop, pop. But, you know what I'm saying? Where was everybody? Where was I at? Where were you at? Where was some other caring African American person to pull him to the side and be like, yo, you, might, you know what I'm saying? That's not the way to do things. And all I'm saying is that's what we need to start doing as a people. Because like I said, you can't rely on the cops. In case y'all haven't noticed, protesting does not work. It doesn't solve anything to protest Protest after someone has already been killed. They already did. Protesting ain't going to bring them back. My goal is to help these people not be shot to begin with. And the only way to do that is to get them off the streets, you know. That's And that's just, you know, I know that's unpopular, you know. That's not what you're going to see on social media going viral. It's not going to get 300 likes like a lot of this other stuff. But y'all know me. I don't care about likes. I don't care about going viral. I just do what I do. I say what I say, you know, and it is what it is. Uh, what else is going on out here, man? What else is going on? It's getting crazy. I want to talk a little bit. I said I want to talk about uh, entertainment news, and I want to get into uh, Nate Parker a little bit more. Um, but some things going on in the uh, in the entertainment industry. I mentioned the BET Hip Hop Awards. A lot of things going on in, in hip hop. You got the game still fighting and, and beefing with Meek Mill, and Beanie Siegel is now in it, and you know he was they you know he said he was punched in the face by one of Meek Mill's associates. I mean just. I mean, just stupid stuff, guys. We're out here in the streets fighting each other. You know, we're fighting each other. You know, and the crazy thing is I'm watching the BET Awards. See, see the thing about me, I watch them both. I watch the BET Awards, but then I also watch the the debate. And one of the things I found interesting about the BET Awards, as well as, you know, the hip-hop awards as well as the BET Awards, and even the MTV Awards, you see these people, these African-American people Coming out there, you know, making these speeches. Like Sway came out. He was at the uh, Hip Hop Awards, and he came out just saying, you know, get your fists up in the air, and you know, let's, uh, you know, we're. I mean, you know, he said a lot of stupid stuff. I mean, I shouldn't say stupid stuff, but things to motivate us um, to to be more proactive, to not allow ourselves to be oppressed, and all this stuff. You know, everyone had their hands up in the air, but then on the same show. Like right just like the BT Wars. Right after that you see people coming out talking about drug dealing, talking about gang violence. You know what's the dude? O, what is it, OT Genesis? You know what I'm Your price is way too low. You need to cut it. Like the y'all know this song that song is about drugs. It's about the glorification of drugs, of drug dealing, of hustling. Of gang activity, criminal masterminds, you know. Here, how how do you motivating a people in the same sentence, on the same broadcast, within the same hour, of singing about gang life and the glorification of drug dealing? You know, and one of the things that I wanted to talk about, so I was watching a, a a clip of an interview. I forget the guy's name. On the uh, the New Daily Show, the black guy—I forget his name—but uh, he was interviewing uh, T.I. and this, you know, this went viral and everyone's talking about how great of a response T.I. gave to this question that was asked him. He said, "Well, you know, I love it. He said, I love hip hop, and you know, I'm, I'm a fan. But you know, you, you know, we talk about this stuff with the within the African American community, but you guys are glorifying the, the the drug dealing and the and the gang violence and the you're glorifying that, you know. and You're rapping about that. How do you explain that? And Ti says, "I'm paraphrasing." But Ti says, "Well, if you if you change the environment in which these drug dealers, hes a very well-spoken, articulate guy—you know—you change the environment of these drug of these rappers and these entertainers, and change what it is the content that they have to to rap about, then you then you'll see a difference in the type of music that's being put." That's and I'm summarizing what he said. But and while that may sound nice, you can't you can't blame people, God. You can't you can't blame a system for grown for the actions of grown people. You can't do that. You can I mean, even when you look at things like birth of a nation, which I want to talk about, you look at, you know, people who are products of their environment but still went on to do great things. Do you see what I'm saying? Like everyone, there are, you know, countless examples of people who are in in the hood, grew up around drugs, but one, didn't go on to, you know, be about that life, or, and, you know, do not glorify that lifestyle. You see what, it's one thing to be like, okay, cool, I rapped about it, you know, or excuse me, I live this, so now I made some songs about my past, but hey, look, I've changed my life this that's that's who I used to be. that's what I used to do, but this is who I am now, and this is how you guys should try to be. It's one thing to do that to to give back I guess a lot of people who used to be in gang you know gangs you know out there gang banging and saying, "Hey, look, this isn't the way to do it. this is how I've changed my life, and they give back in that way. That's cool, but to come from that to experience that, and then to still, and then to glorify that to different things. Because that's what you see T.I. doing. You know, T.I. likes to walk a fine line, though. Sometimes in some, his music he'll glorify it. But then when he wants to give these speeches and do these interviews, he wants to act like he's outside of that. But T.I. was in jail for guns and guns. Well, he was in jail for guns. You know what I'm saying? But he still raps about having guns. You know what I'm saying? You know, and Jay-Z. Talks about you know how he, how he was used to be a drug dealer, but watch this: Jay Z doesn't just talk about how he used to be a drug dealer. The reality is he still raps about actually being a drug dealer. Now, Jay Z is you know darn near a billionaire, so if anyone in their right mind thinks that Jay Z still sells drugs, they're just stupid. You know what I'm saying? But the reality is Jay Z still, and a lot of people probably don't know this because I don't know if it's the the spirit of the antichrist blinding people to the reality of the situation, or what it, what it is, but people don't they just ignore it or don't see it or whatever. But Jay Z still raps about being a drug dealer. And I'm not talking about back in the day. I'm talking about now. He has a song out now, uh, him and uh, Pusha T, which is entitled "Drug Dealers Anonymous." And if you listen to the lyrics, which I you know unlike most actually do. He he says, he says something to you, you Google the lyrics, but I don't have it in front of him, but he basically said, sings about, you know, 15 years in the game and still counting. You know what I'm saying? Basically implying that, yo, you know, he's still a drug dealer. You know what I'm saying? He, he talks about how his accountant is so good at washing the money and, you know, putting money different places to give the illusion that everything is on the up and up. And, you know, these are things that he does, Jay-Z, I mean, uh, you know, T.I., Lil Wayne, I mean, pretty much all these quote-unquote celebrity rappers, they these are people that are being looked up to and idolized by the youth. You know, and I'm telling you, these 99% of these messages are not positive. 99% of this music is not positive. And so the guys standing out there on the corner blasting these people's songs, they're not looking at it like, oh, wow, this is a means to an end so I can feed my family. They're like, no, nah, I don't just want to survive. I want to thrive. I want to prosper. You know, and, you know, the, the the duplicitous nature of some of these, you know, these entertainers is so ridiculous. I mean, and I've been wanting to talk about this for a while. I mean, who, you guys know who DJ Khaled is? Most of y'all have heard DJ Khaled. I mean, it's this is, like, ridiculous, guys. I mean, this guy, well, one minute, he, you know, it's a double-mindedness of these people. He comes out, and he's always saying, you know, God is good. God is the greatest, you know. I just want to I want to prosper. I want to have blessings. You ever hear him talk? He sounds so stupid, you know. But then, at the same time, he'll come out with a song with Jay-Z, talking about something like, I got the keys. Now, you know, in the name of the album is called Major Keys. Now, this is where the whole duplicitous nature b- goes into effect because, you know, you see certain interviews. I saw an interviews on I think the Breakfast Club. And they asked him like, "Yo, man, so Major Keys, you know, tell us about that title. What what is this title about?" You know. And he said, "Well, you know, it's just, you know, I'm giving I'm trying to give back to the youth. I'm trying to give back to the community. I'm trying to give them the keys of life." You know what I mean? I try to give them the key, the key to success, the key to prosperity. I'm like, yo, is this dude crazy? But then the whole album, right, the, the whole album is filled with actual rappers making songs about keys. And they're very clever with how they incorporate the keys. If you guys know about drugs, you know, a key is a key of cocaine, you know, dealing coke. You know, and so it's it's really ridiculous because if you're a parent watching a, him on an interview, you know, it's like, oh, my gosh, I really like that DJ Khaled guy. He's so positive. He's talking about prosperity and blessings and how great God is. God, you know, oh, is he a, is he a gospel rap. I actually heard someone ask that. Like, oh, no, DJ Cali, he's, he's doing gospel hip-hop. I'm like, what? Crazy? Gospel hip-hop? This is like one of the worst ever. But, you know, again, that's, that's the whole, it's, it's duplicity. You know, it's double-mindedness, it's deception. You know that the entertainment industry is taking, the, the, they're using it to mix good versus, you know, versus evil to the point where nobody even knows what's going on. Let's give you guys another example. Talking my entertainment news right now. I'm watching this new show. My wife. I don't know if you guys watch Michael Ealy. He has a new show out. It's called uh, Secrets and Lies. It's a continuation of. You know, I didn't watch the first season with uh, Ryan Phillippe, but uh, it's basically about a guy who's accused of killing his wife. And, you know, it's basically a murder mystery. You know, did he do it? Did he not do it? And it's funny because, it, you know, they were doing the scene. One of the scenes in there was he got married to his wife. They're doing a flashback scene. He got married, and they were poolside exchanging their vows. And the, it's all it's all symbolic. And there's, you know, the entertainment industry and really modern-day Satanism, guys, just so you know, is all about symbolism. And uh, they have this regular guy who doesn't even believe in God marrying them. I think his brother was marrying him, basically. Normally you get married, you have a priest or a pastor or something of that nature. But this guy, it was revealed that he doesn't, he's like a playboy, you know, just likes to party all the time. So he's, for whatever reason, marrying his brother and his wife. So they're getting married. And he's like, this is someone who's not even religious. And he's marrying them. They're taking these vows, if that's what you want to call it. And the guy is like, yeah, you know, at the end he's like, yeah, yeah I'm going to say a prayer for you. And Michael Ealy looks at his wife and they simultaneously push him into the pool. And it's like, wait a minute, hold on. What, what, what's, you, you, you push him into the pool? Why? Because he said he wants to pray for you? Like, what's wrong with saying a prayer? You know, it's it's all, it's the symbolic, it's, that's all it is, it's this very discreet, you know what I'm saying, but very obvious if you are aware of this stuff and understand the agenda of of making a mockery at every given chance, you know, uh, of Christianity and of Jesus Christ, you know, it's crazy. But, yeah, that's a, check it out, though. It's, I mean, it's an entertaining show. You know, it's definitely a, a suspenseful show. You kind of get a chance to see, um, you know, Michael Ely in a different light. I know a lot of the ladies love him. Blue eyes, green eyes, whatever the heck color his eyes are. You know what I mean? It is what it is. I'm no hater, though. You know, what else is going on out here? Luke Cage. Cage is, uh, has premiered on, on uh, Netflix. You know, New, uh, Luke Cage. Now, a lot of people are saying, well, who the heck was Luke Cage? Like, we have no idea who Luke Cage was before, you know, or any other Marvel superhero was before he, you know, before it became known that he was a black guy. It's like, oh, man, I mean, a big, buff, diesel black dude. Oh, man, let me have someone else to lust after on these shows. You know what I mean? But I haven't, I haven't seen Luke Cage yet. I'll be honest with you. I haven't seen Luke Cage, but I did watch a few episodes of Marvel's jessica jones where where we were introduced to luke cage um in the first episode where you see it was you know it even goes back to the early 1900s when you look at the the stereotypical black buck you know what i mean big diesel buff you know action star you know having sex with the you know the, the you know the dams on distress or whatever although that's not what jessica jones turned out to be but at the time when he was smashing it you know, she hadn't really revealed her powers or all like that. So, I mean, it's just, you know, I, I have no problem with it. You know, people. I mean, from what I hear, it's a positive show. I mean, it's it represents us in a positive light as far as like, Americans. It's a departure from the stereotypical, you know, drug dealer or you know role that you often see or criminal role that you have us, and you don't see a lot of black superheroes. Period. And so, from that perspective, you know, I have no problem. with But, but I will say that. Um, if everyone is excited about Luke Cage and you're just looking for, you know, good shows to watch. I mean, you know, as far especially superhero shows, I mean, Daredevil is a million times, you know, better. You got Daredevil, you got Arrow, you got Flash. And and I guess what I'm saying is like these are really good shows, really entertaining shows. And for me it really shouldn't matter. If the lead character is a black, not to say you shouldn't watch it because, you know, because it's great to support, you know, positive images of African-Americans. But I'm just saying, don't just limit your TV based on whether or not someone is black. You know what I'm saying? Or, you know, there's there's plenty of great shows. Like if you like superhero shows, you don't, you didn't need to wait for Luke Cage to come out. You don't have to wait for, you know, uh, the Black Panther movie to come out. You know what I'm saying? So keep that stuff in mind. You know, what else is going on out here? You know, now, now let's talk about Birth of a Nation uh, for a minute. You know, now, like I said, it comes out this weekend. And I just want to tell people a little bit about movies. And, and a lot of people, some people may know this, some people may not. But the way that, first of all, Nate Parker made history. A lot of people, they don't really talk about this. I haven't really heard it discussed other than when it was initially discussed but, um, or initially revealed. But he, he made this movie on his own. He, he financed it. He directed it. I believe he wrote it um, on his own. And what he did was, you know, it debuted at the, I believe, Sundance Film Festival um, and, you know, was a criti- a critical, it was you know, success. A lot of people enjoyed it. A lot of people were saying great, great things about it. And so as a result of that, he signed a, a I believe, close to $20 million deal, you know, for distribution you know, which, is at, which was at that time um, unprecedented. It was the highest amount any, you know, major film studio, you know, had paid pendant Film, you know, for the, the rights to it. And so um, next thing you know, everybody's hating on them. They're digging up dirt on them. You know, when you do things that have never been done before, you're going to get a lot of flack, especially if you're a black man, period certainly a black man in, uh, in Hollywood. And uh, so that's what we're seeing right now. And and I just want to say this, you know, I encourage everyone to go see the film whether, you know, I I did read an article uh, that I posted on my page that was speaking about just the historical, <clears throat> historical inaccuracies of, it. you know, they said it was very, very, very historically inaccurate. Um, they were saying things that, you know, they the way they depicted Nat Turner in the film was totally, you know, just not in line with who he really was based on, you know, whatever information that history has about him. Um, they were saying there were a, lot, a number of, you know, check, read the article for yourself. I posted it on my page. Um, I'll, you know, I see me, I'm the type of person, though, I don't let rev- other people's reviews you know, uh, dissuade me or persuade me, either one, to go see a film. You see what I'm saying? If I wanna see a film, I'm gonna see a film. You know, and I'm not gonna not see a film because some other man said it's it's not a good movie. I don't I don't do that. Like, yeah, you are gonna see this? I'm like, nah, I'm not gonna see it. Critics said it was like, what? Critics said Boys in the Hood was a bad movie. Like critics said Minister of Society was a bad movie. Like what you I mean, who cares what other another person says? Go see it for yourself. You know, but and what I will say about that is, as far as birth of a nation goes, we need to support our own films because we can't re- we can't rely on Hollywood to to tell our stories. And I really respected George Lucas, you know, for making Red Tails. I respect Nate Parker for doing this stuff. You know, I watched Ghosts of Mississippi with Whoopi Goldberg and uh, you know uh, people from back in the day when they did. Uh, you know all these stories. I mean, these are good stories that need to be told. You know, Medgar Evers was, uh, is the, was the uh, the person who Ghosts of Mississippi was about. If you haven't seen that, definitely check that out. One of my favorite movies from back in the day. You know, but um, you know they're going to stop making these films. You know, or well, I should I mean. <laughs> It's crazy. I, it's, it was once a time when they would have stopped making the films if we didn't support the films. But now with this whole agenda being pushed forward to incite this race war, I mean, why do you think, I mean, the, look at these last eight years. You know, you look at Obama being in office. And I'm not blaming Obama for this necessarily. But, you know, you know people have to understand. I've, I'm 38. I'm about to be 39. I've never seen race relations in this in this country as bad as they are now. You know, I mean the racism, the you know the uh, just the tension between police, just the whole black versus white. I've ne- it's never been this bad in my lifetime. I'm telling you all that right now. You know, and so you know, is that Obama's fault per se. You know, we can't really say, but these last eight years, you know, we've seen the media latching on you know, latching on for whatever reason to push this narrative of black versus white, police versus citizen. And it's just like, you know, it's worse than it's ever been. And so what we're seeing now is we're seeing a lot of movies that are fueling the fire, you know, they gave the Oscar to 12 Years of Slave. Right after that, you had the butler. Now you got you know you got this. I mean, how many slave movies? I've I've never seen it. Django. You know, I've never seen this many slave movies. There's never been this many slave movies in <laughs> the history of 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 uh, Roots, the Roots remake. These are this is all happening within a three or four you know eight over the last eight years really. This is what I'm saying to you. There's never been this many slave movies or period pieces. You know. Telling our story than there have been in these last eight years. They're fueling the fire. Next thing you know, you got. I mean, look at Trayvon Martin, Eric Garner. What was it? I I challenged someone else over the last uh, couple weeks. I said, name me the last high-profile police beating or police, you know, racially motivated shooting prior to Obama being in office. I'll let you guys do. I pose that question to you too. Who who was the last one? Like who think about it. Most people can't even think back prior to Trayvon. You know what I'm saying? I, to be honest with you, I can't either. I'm I'm, th- I'm thinking Rodney King. But there's that's what I'm saying to you. There's a reason for that. There's a reason for that. You know, it's to, it's we have allowed ourselves to be controlled by the media. Whatever they put out there, whatever they want us to go along with, it's like, okay, that's what it is. It's, you got more people talking about this these shootings than you do Edward Snowden. And that movie just came out. I gotta go see that. You got people not even caring about Edward Snowden and the truth that he revealed and the criminal the criminal activities of Barack Obama and the rest of the government for spying on his citizens. He's exposing stuff. Now this guy's gotta live in Russia because he exposed you know the, the president and, and the NSA spying doing illegal activities. On on its citizens, but no one's talking about that. Everyone's talking about, you know, all this race stuff. You know, and so this, this is this stuff that we have to be aware of. You know, this is stuff that we've got to talk about. You know, and uh, because if not, it's just going to be under the rug. You know, what else is going? On? There were a couple. Uh, there were a couple uh Facebook posts. A couple of discussions that we had over in the Friends of the Daydown's Holbert Show group that I wanted to uh, discuss today. I'm going to hold off on the uh, Ask Daydown Advice questions for for another show, but there were two in particular uh, discussions that I I found to be interesting. You know, one of them was, you know, I said, it was really a rhetorical question, but I asked the question of, is this true or false? I said, uh, you know, are females passing up good men, right? It wasn't a, that wasn't the question. The question was, is it true or false? It said, females are passing are passing up good men for hood niggas and then looking for, later on in life, looking for good men to take care of the babies that they had by those hood niggas. And I, and I found that very interesting. I mean, I think we all know that's, you know, that's obviously true. I mean, that's not even a, a question of whether or not it's true. Um, but I thought it was interesting because that, if you look around, you know, and there are a number of, you know, things that you can attribute that to, you know, whether it's daddy issues, whether it's just, you know, sexual desire, whether it's, you know, seeking love and protection, you know, and feeling like, you know, someone in the streets, you know, can, can protect them. Um, You know, it could be, it's a number, it's, you know, it can be an often is, are a number of different things. But one of the things that I, I, it's unfortunate Because we see a lot of women, you know, involving children in their drama or in the drama created from dealing with these guys, really the same types of guys who I took the, you know, the the picture with this morning. You know what I'm saying? You got guys standing on the corner, guys hustling. You know, this guy had on the new Jordans, $250, $300 Jordans. You know, hustling, standing on the corner, but pretty sure he's got some baby moms. You know, I'm pretty sure, you know, he, he's having sex with somebody, and you, at that point, you've got to ask yourself, like, yo, like, what does she see in someone who's out standing on the corner at eight o'clock in the morning? I mean, what is the appeal of that? You know, and the reality is, those types of women are attracted to those types of men solely because the dad there was not a father there, or and there was not a stable image, a positive, stable image of love and security. You know that that person would, would grew up around. There couldn't have been, because when you see that every day, all day, ever, you know, growing up. Why would you settle for anything less than that? There's no reason to, right? There's no reason to. You're only going to, you're going to want the best. And you're not going to settle for less than the best. You know, so I just, you know, I thought that I, mean, I was, it was great to see uh, so many women who were, um, you know, honest with themselves about how true that statement was. A lot of times you see stuff like that. There's a tendency to, you know, put the, the, you know, the defense up, put the wall up. You know, get your sword and your your shield, and you want to fight, want to debate. And you know, we used to see that a lot back in the day when I first started doing this many years ago. But I think at this point, it's a blessing too that a lot of people now know they know me. Like you guys know me, you listen to me, you you see my posts, you know there's no malicious intent. You know, I'm not here to bash, I'm not here to break people down. I'm I'm here to uplift. I'm here to you know, and so I think that that's uh, that's why you see a lot of the people not, you know, feel like the need to debate about that, and just be like, hey, look, this is what it is. Yeah, you because know, I'm not not quote unquote coming at them, coming at their necks, just you know, keeping it keeping it room. Another interesting discussion from the last few days. There was a question of are men who are too nice. Are they a turnoff? And I found that interesting because I think that's another one where, you know, I think everyone knows that, I mean, yeah, you know, that's a turnoff. And, and, and for many women, it's not just a turnoff, but it's a, a a deal breaker. You know, the reality is, you know, even me, <clears throat> you know, I, I've told you guys stories back when I had Gerald on, back when we did barbershop talk, you know, the guys we would all talk about. Like, Yo, and even now, I talk to my friends now about, like, back in the day, you know, I'd be in the club and I was that guy where, You know, I wasn't buying no drinks. I wasn't doing that. You know, only suckers do that type of stuff. But uh, I was the one saying, you know, excuse me, you know, would you like to dance? And I would actually ask to dance. I would actually, you know, uh, not just walk up and start grinding on them. I would actually, you know, invite them to the dance floor, and, you know, they would either say yes or no. But I was a gentleman. That's how I was raised. And, you know, whereas now you don't see as many of those guys. And so women have become conditioned to be used to dealing with the thugs and the guys without manners. So it's like when they encounter an actual nice guy, you know, it's like, whoa, what the heck? You must be gay or you must be, you know, a sucker. You know, you you, you, might, you must not be able to please me in the bedroom because let's keep it real. You know what I mean? I call it the DMX syndrome, you know. If somebody isn't able to, you know, grip you up like DMX did in belly or how Tyrese did in and baby boys like yo you don't want any parts of them and so for many women that's the if if the guy is too nice that becomes the the perception and so I think you know we really just got to get out of that we, you know I mean obviously because the that question leads to the result of the first question you know you see you, you turn off the nice guys you know you're turned off by the nice guys I should say and you, you you go after the hood nigga or allow yourselves to be overtaken by the hood nigga, he hits it, knocks it off raw, resulting in a baby. Then ironically, you, you know, you're tired of that lifestyle, and then you go back looking for that same nice guy or a nice guy like him. I mean, I can't tell you guys how many emails and texts I got in my adult life from women who – for, who were back in the day considered to be off limits or on another level, or, you know what I mean, the bad chick. It was like, now these chicks are hitting me up. Oh, hey, how you been? What you what you been up to? Hey, you look good. you like, you doing well. Like, how you been? That's, yeah, cool, thanks. Oh, you know, you know I got three kids, four kids. I'm okay What you. Dad, you, you not married yet? A lot of this was before I was married, Some while I was married. No, no, I'm, yeah, I'm married, you know, you know, I'm chilling, you know, and so, but yeah, don't let that be you guys, you know what I mean, don't, don't overlook a nice guy just because he may not be what you historically like, or, or, or historically have been used to uh, encountering. In fact, I used, I actually had a young woman tell me recently, she was like, I, this is the craziest thing. She said, I don't date guys in the church. I said, well, really? I said, wait, well, I said, hold up, wait, wait. So you're a Christian though, right? I said, yeah. I said so she said, yeah, but I don't date guys in the church. It's like, oh. I said, so so you're saying you wouldn't date someone if you met them in the church? Like your church where you're you know, you're being spiritually fed and led by your pastor, but if you met a guy in that actual environment, you wouldn't date him? I said, nah, it's guys in the church are too weak. That's the crazy thing I'm not just saying. That's that's actually what she said. She said, they're they're too weak. I'm not attracted to them. She said, either they're too weak or I'm just not attracted to them. I said, wow. I said, "Uh, so, I said, you feel like that's all men in the church? I mean, because, you know, like, I go to church. I said, I I know a lot of, you know, really good guys, married, some single who are Christians. They love God, you know, And, and she said, yeah, well. I just don't see those guys, you know, it's always one of the two. It's either they're weak or they're gay or it just I'm just not attracted to them. I said, so what does that say about your level of faith in God? I said, do you feel like God would bring you your future husband, you know, outside of the church? I said, no. I said, I don't know. I just got to pray. I'm like, yeah, you do. <laughs> you know what I mean? And that's, it's unfortunate because that's what happens. A lot of women, because think about it, you're not dating a guy in the church, meaning you're not dating a Christian. Because what Christian, what real Christian doesn't go to church, I mean, let's keep it real. You know, you love God, you're going to want to go to church, you're going to have a spiritual church home or or be in the process of looking for one. So if you're saying you don't date a guy in church, that must mean you're dating a guy in the streets, you know, or or in the world. Maybe not necessarily in the streets, but certainly in the world and of the world, you know, and I think we all can agree how that's going to end up. You know, there was another interesting question on uh, on dating a man who makes minimum wage.
1: <clears throat>
0: Excuse me. You know, and a lot of women, they said they would not date a man, not on this particular thread, because, you know, people know, they know what it is, but, in, you know, in other groups and other non-Christian oriented environments, <clears throat> a lot of women were saying, they you know, they, they don't want to date a man who makes minimum wage. They, not only that, they don't even want to date a man who doesn't make six figures or close to six figures. And I'm just like, wow, really? You know, what kind of man, you know, are you looking to date if if he's attracted to a type of woman who wouldn't date a man who doesn't make six figures? You got to ask yourself that. There's certain types of men who date hood rats and gold diggers and women with those types of views. And they're not good men. You know, the best men aren't going to want to date someone with those types of views. So if you find yourself dealing with somebody who's dealing with you and you know you've got them views, you might want to beware. Beware yourself. Let that sink in for a little bit, you know. There was another question, one last question. These are all good questions, man. add yourselves, man. add yourselves in the uh, Friends of the Data on Show group. <clears throat> um, there was another good question of, uh, you know, of this hyphenation thing. You know, you know, this is from last week, and what I found is that I've seen a lot of women more and more lately. And I even did this show back in the day, and and this was, it was even popular then. This was several years ago, but we're seeing a lot of women choosing to either keep their own their own last name, or you know, after marriage, or they are you know hyphenating their name, you know, with their husbands and. I wanted to just talk about that briefly, and I and I did a whole show on it uh, years ago. And if you Google it, if you look it up. Um, it was it wasn't under the hyphenation, but it was under prenups. If you Google prenups, prenuptial agreements, on the Data on Tolbert show, you'll hear uh, a discussion on on that topic as well as uh, women who choose to hyphenate. Another thing I'm seeing a lot of uh, in today's society is women who are not just hyphenating. But they are after divorce, choosing to keep their uh, their husbands, their ex-husbands' last name, which is which I always found to be very interesting. And we've got to be honest about what's really going on with all of these situations. It's it's a, it's a few things. Number one that it comes down to is what I told you guys about earlier on, which is the importance of trusting God. Okay, it's the importance of trusting God. Because if you go into a marriage feeling like you need a prenup, you know, or, you know, feeling like you have to protect yourself, protect your assets, um, you know, you, you're not trusting God, and, you, and you're already planning for your divorce. That's the first thing. But then, as far as hyphenation goes, a lot of women won't to admit to this, but in many cases, not all. You know, certain times you got certain business related things, and it's not at all about the guy and her level of love for him or trust in God. I mean, you know, but in more cases than not, it's not so much you're protecting your money, but you're protecting your pride. And I've had women after the fact admit this to me. A lot of women are, are, high, are choosing to hyphenate because they're thinking when we break up, not if we break up, not if we divorce, but when we divorce, it won't be as big of a deal to just drop his last name. And I can just go back to being, you know, whoever, you know, Samantha Jones or Melissa Wright, you know, whatever it is. It's just, you don't have to have that hype and you just drop it off as opposed to having people getting used to the whole brand new last name. And then you got to go back to, you know what I'm saying? The, the, the original name, Kim Kardashian West. Right, so when they finally break up, you know, few years from now, it'll be oh, uh, you know, everyone still knows her as Kim Kardashian. Won't be a big deal, right? Most people don't even know she's Kim Kardashian West legally. That's the whole point. That's what that's what we're seeing. That's a pretty good analogy for what we're seeing around you know around the community. Another thing that has a lot to do with is you know feeling like. You you're, you want to protect yourself from your friends. You know, you want to show that you're strong. You want to show that you're an independent woman. A lot of women, they want to maintain their own identity. You know, they, they're they holding on to the old them, the, the years and years of fighting and struggling and, and building alone and by themselves and building this empire, this financial freedom that they've grown accustomed to. You know, and so they they don't they don't want they worked hard for that they don't wanna just give it away, but a lot of people don't realize that when you get married, you're not giving anything away you're gaining a life with the man that God has for you. You're not losing anything you're gaining a name is just a name, a name is nothing. you know what I'm saying, and so that's what many women are afraid of they're afraid of losing. They don't want to, not even afraid in many cases, but they just don't want to lose what they have worked for because, and the, and because, it's like if you give somebody, you say, like, you know, you got change for a 20, you know, if you trust that person, this is the honest great analogy. You ever, do you ever do that? You know, I do that a lot. I used to be in bank. You know, it's like if I'm behind the counter, I say, hey, you got change for, uh, let me get changed for a hundred. Sure, I give you changed for a hundred. They just hand it to me. Right, they hand it to me, and then they wait for me to get the change because they know I'm not gonna steal that hundred because I work at the bank. You see what I'm saying? Give but you ever do that on the street? Like, yo, my man, you got yo, you got change for twenty real quick, yo. It's at the same time. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> that I mean, that transaction is instantaneous. I mean, it's like the same exact time. Like that, that money goes into their hand the same exact moment that you take that, you know, the money back. Why? Because there's no trust. it. You know you, you know what I'm saying? When you get change from somebody, you know, it has to be an even exchange. That's the only reason you do it. You're not going to give somebody a 20 and they give you back 10. That's not an even trade. And so that's really what we're seeing with a lot of women out here in, in today's society, that they, they're not feeling like this is an even trade. You know, I, I know what I have, so I don't really feel comfortable giving you everything I don't know what you're going to give me back. So because of that, you know, I'm going to hold on to this. I'm going to hold on to this last thing. Yeah, you know, we're doing the whole marriage thing, so I can add your name too, right? But I'm not just going to give you my whole identity and trust that you're going to give me this great life. No, you got to prove that. You'll be. You know, I've even had people say, I've heard women say, I may change my, change my name after the five year mark. I'm gonna. I, I'm telling you, I hear it all. I see it all. I'll, I'll hyphenate for five years, and if we're still together, that's how it I said, "What? I said, are you crazy? I said, you, I said, you don't want to be married, do you?" She just laughed. You know, I see it all, man. I've seen some crazy things, but don't be that type of person. You know, and, and I don't mean anything negatively about it. I'm just saying, don't be the type of person who who doesn't trust. Because remember when we talk about emotional unavailability, if you know that's what it all comes down to. If you're not trusting, if you have trust issues, you shouldn't even be dating, let alone getting married, because that's the epitome of emotional unavailability. So that's pretty much all I wanted to get into today. um, get ready to wrap it up um like I said, I'll be back in a few days. Come back with a new live show. Follow my follow me on Facebook at Data Talbert. Um, you know, Twitter, Instagram, all that at on Tolbert to just, you know, and especially in the Friends of the on Tolbert show group to keep up to date with um, you know, when I'll be live next. Uh I'll probably have some more definitive information, but for right now, like I said, just follow me. Look out for the uh I'll always let you know when I'm live. You can we can guarantee that. Um uh, I always let you know when when I'm live, so that won't ever be a surprise. But uh so follow me. And um, you know, continue to follow this election. You know, continue to pray for our leaders. You know, whoever that may be. Um, You know, and again, never you know, never just allow the media to 100% influence how you feel. You know, because that's what's happening. You know, the media says Donald Trump's a racist; he must be a racist. Media says Hillary Clinton is good; she must be great. Don't you know? Really form your own opinions. You know, and um, and that's it, man. So. Wanna thank everybody for listening Uh counseling, you know, hit me up, eight five five fifty five day on info at TRC And um I will see y'all next time.